Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. And today we're here to talk a little bit of Cavs media day coverage. So we saw just about everybody, you know, everybody of relevance speak at the Cavs media day, with the exception of one Isaac Okoro, who had an excused absence from Cavs media day coverage. So like I said, we heard from Colin Sexton. We heard from Colby Altman and JB Bickerstaff. We heard from Darius Garland. We heard from Kevin Love. We heard from, uh, Mifiando Kevin Gale. We heard from Lori Markinen. That's, you know, let's just name a few. We heard from a few more guys, but this video today is about one Colin Sexton. And so to me, honestly, Outside of a Coro, before I knew he was going to be excused, Sexton was the one guy that I was looking forward to the most from hearing from. And so, you know, he gave us a lot. And so did Kobe Altman and JB Bickerstaff. And so you, we got so many quotes from this. I mean, it, it's just, it was telling to hear both sides really kind of allude to what's going on with the contract extension talks, but not exactly say where they're going. And that's to be expected. I mean, these are nego- negotiations and they're ongoing negotiations. So it's going to take some time before we actually get any type of, you know, foundation laid for what is to come in regards to what numbers we could see or, you know, rumors on whether or not, you know, what how many years he's going to be offered, things of that nature. So, you know, with that being said, just just listen to this from what Colin Sexton had to say from his media uh, media availability from the day. He said, you know, in regards to being asked about his contract extension talks being somewhat of a distraction or weighing him down, um, this is what he had to say. I just play basketball. I come in every day ready to work. At the end of the day, everything is going to fall into its place. I just come in with a clear mindset. My teammates love me. I love being here. I'm here for the team. My team wants me here and I want to be here. So every day I come to work, I'm going to give my 110% for myself and from organization and for my family. Now, one thing that stood out to me from all that is how many times Sexton said the word here in regards to he wants to be here. People want him to be there. Now, conversely, Kobe Altman, when asked about this same topic, 
said, we want him here long term. He wants to be here long term. We're working with his representation to see that through. But this is someone that has been with us since the start of this thing. And we love him. We will deal with uh, with that behind closed doors. The feelings are mutual in terms of something long term. And so you're hearing a lot of the same verbiage being said here. And that's that, you know, they want him there and he wants to be there. The thing that also is being said without actually being said is that they cannot agree on terms of what actual salary is going to be handed out. And so that's that's commonplace. That's normal. I completely understand that. And mind you, this was the Cavs media day was held, I believe, a few hours before uh, Michael Porter Jr. signed his massive uh, deal that can be worth up to $207 million uh, if incentives are hit. And keep in mind, Michael Porter Jr. was selected, I believe, six spots after Sexton. So they were in the same draft class. And he has now become, I think, the fourth, uh, yeah, maybe fourth player to sign uh, his rookie max extension. So is Sexton going to be next? I mean, that's that's a question that seems to be on everybody's mind, and I'm sure no doubt it's on Sexton, uh, Sexton's mind as well. And so while we don't exactly know what's going on behind closed doors in regards to what's actually being said in some of these uh, meetings in regards to the contract, we can at least take solace in the fact that seeing a lot of these dominoes fall has to mean something good for Sexton. I mean, over the last few months, we've seen Luka Doncic sign a huge deal. We signed, we've seen Trey Young sign a deal. We've seen Shea Gilgis Alexander sign a big deal. And we also have seen Terry Rozier, uh, sign, uh, a decent sized deal, 97 mil, I believe. So for me, I mean, you're looking at some of these different contracts that have been handed out. And I mean, if you want to take the Rozier deal, for example, I think it's four year, 97 mil. That is great money for Rozier. I think at 27 years old, he had his best season last year as did Sexton. But keep in mind, Sexton is just 22 at this point in time. So there's still a lot of time for growth. And we've seen nothing but consistent development from this guy, you know, from year in, year out. You know, you look at his year one stack, 16.7 points. Uh, 2.9 rebounds, three assists. And so, you know, a lot of people got on him about the lack of playmaking. Um, he shot 43 points, uh, 43% from the field, and he did shoot 40.2% from three-point range. But keep in mind, that is also only on 3.6 attempts. That was another area that the team was asking him uh, to, to clean up. And that was that the shot attempts from range. We want to see that elevate as time goes on, especially with the league that we currently play in. Well, that, uh, that, that, that he plays in, rather. So... You know, you're looking at these things and you're you're seeing consistent development every single year. So you go to year two, 20.8 points, 3.1 rebounds, still three assists. He could he could he could, you know, use a little bit of work. That was the the point of reference at that point in time. And during his going into his second year, he shot 47.2 percent from uh, from the field, 38 percent from three. So he did see a bit of a decline there in his three point percentage. But again, that coincides with taking more attempts. He shot, I believe, 3.9 attempts that season. That's up from 3.6. Uh, the prior season. Then you're looking at uh, year three, the year that just passed, season just passed, 24.3 points. So again, you're seeing a consistent 
leveling up of the scoring output. Year one, 16 points, uh, 16.7. Year two, 20.8. Year three, 24.3. He's, he's got a consistent level of, um, of increased production in that regard. So, you know, he, he added 3.1 rebounds to that. That's a career high, 4.4 assists. That was big time to me because he managed to up his assist numbers. And for all the people that says, uh, that they say that, you know, he, he's not a playmaker or ball moving is kind of stagnant whenever he's on the floor. I definitely understand some of those things because I'm not going to lie. He has been guilty of, you know, over dribbling on occasion, but I think that is something that can be cleaned up. That's something that can be fixed. And again, guy is still relatively young, just 22 years old. In that same season, shot 47.5% from the field. Again, declined in three-point percentage, 37.1. But he took more attempts, 4.4 this time around. So if one thing that, that needs to be said, one thing that's obvious and clear at this point in time is that he's getting better. He's getting better. The, the everything, uh, you know, most things across the board were career highs in year three. So going into year four, the expectation is that these things will start to translate towards more wins. And that's the thing to me, you can talk all the live long day about, you know, this guy is uh, just a good score on a bad team. He's just putting up numbers. But one thing that needs to be kept in mind is that, it takes more than just a – you can't just roll out of bed and consistently put up good numbers. There is some work that goes behind there. There's a lot of work. There's talent that goes behind that. The guy is a gifted scorer, and he's improving in other, uh, in other areas on the court. People need to understand that. It takes more than just – you know. It's, it's just this is the NBA. It is not that easy just to wake up and score 24.3 points in each game, night in and night out. It it takes a lot to be able to do that. So while he has his warts, he is proven to be, you know, somebody who's working on his craft as opposed to, you know, and I hate to keep saying this name, but Ben Simmons, who to me will end up being a Hall of Famer one day, but has shown no offensive growth in four years. Sexton, conversely, you know, you you see it. You see it both on the stat sheet and you see it on the court. It may not be at the pace that a lot of fans are are wanting and expecting uh, because we came off of four straight years of playoff and finals basketball, but there is improvement. You cannot blame all the losses on Sexton. And so while it may not be showing up or may not have shown up yet in the win-loss column, Sexton is improving. But for, you know, in regards to his contract extension, the only thing to me that is going to uh, silence the naysayers or quiet the doubters rather is, you know, for that, for the statistical output to translate to wins. And I think the Cavs are heading in the right direction in that regard. The additions of Mobley, the additions of Rubio, marketing, bringing in a guy like Kevin Pangos as another guard off the bench. These are solid moves. You know, and we we really saw the amount of injuries that the Cavs had last season. And I think adding depth, especially in the guard room, you know, to me, that's that's big time. There were so many players last season that missed a significant portion of time. Colin, uh, Colin missed some games. Darius missed uh, quite a few games. Kevin Love was out for most of the year. 
Uh, we saw Larry Nance go through up and downs. And then although Larry's not here in Cleveland anymore, he still, you know, his presence was lacking on the court last season. And that really had uh, a big impact on the Cavs ability to win games, especially down the stretch. And so, you know, heading into year four for Sexton, I think this is the, this is obviously going to be the make or break year for him because uh, barring, I think, I think it's the deadline for the Cavs to sign him. And I could be mistaken on this. I think it's October 18th at 6 PM. I think that's the, the light, the latest they can sign him to a contract extension. Barring that he is likely going to head into restricted free agency. If the team can't get a, a deal done come the end of the season. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing. And those of you who have listened to me in the past have heard me echo the sentiment that I think this is the direction that they should go in because it gives Colin the, uh, the ability to go out and shut everybody up, ability to prove that he, he is more than just stats. And while I don't necessarily believe that, there are a lot of minds, both fan and GM alike, that do think that way, that, you know, it's just empty stats. I mean, even our own Kevin Love was questioned like that back in his Minnesota days until he got to Cleveland and he did play a vital role in bringing the Cavs a championship. But for Colin Sexton, you know, I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing because I think he gets the opportunity with, you know, a much better roster around him to prove that his statistical output can translate to wins on the court. And I think, if he is able to do so, which I do believe he will, he'll end up ha- giving the organization no other choice but to sign him to that uh, that rookie max scale deal. You know, whether that be uh, I, I can't remember what the exact number. I think it's like one hundred and sixty eight million that he can sign. I could be mistaken. Uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I do know that he deserves more than to be paid. Terry Rozier type of money, which, you know, 97 mil, you got to pay the guy at least, uh, at least over a hundred, in my opinion. You know, if you're not going to go to the max, I do understand that because the, the Cavs being a small market organization do have to keep other future contracts in mind, i.e. Darius Garland. Uh, you still have to get the love contract off the books. You may have to play uh, plan for an Isaac Okoro extension down the line. There, there's a couple of question marks here. So if the Cavs are able to sign him to under the max extension, I'm not going to be mad, but I do think, you know, he might force the organization into having to do that. If his play is so much, you know, so much higher this season and we see an, uh, a motivated Sexton, we could see a level of play that is elevated so much that other teams might come calling with, uh, you know, uh, an offer sheet that the Cavs have no choice but to match rather than lose him. That's completely a possibility. And I'm banking on the fact that, you know, steady improvement from the rest of the roster, as well as internal development from Sexton will end up, you know, being the case and getting this team into playoff, if not play in territory, which I completely think is possible. And although I do think the East, as I alluded to in my last episode, I do think the East took a massive step forward. I do also believe that the Cavs did too. Um, that the additions that they made will pay dividends, in my opinion. And, and this all remains to be seen. You know, we have these feelings almost every single offseason, you know, as as Cleveland fans, we want the team to do well. But you just never know until you see the on-court production. 
And so I, I am of the mindset that the Cavs have gotten tremendously better this offseason uh, with, with some of the moves that they made. And although they've lost a few pieces, you know, um, Nance and um, Prince, they're, they're, they've gained more than what they've lost. And I think the development trends that we saw last season will continue this year. And, you know, barring injury, I do think that this team has a, has a has a higher ceiling than most people give them. A lot of people are still very much down. But everything that I saw at the Cavs media day really just it gave me a good feeling. I don't know about you guys, but it gave me a great feeling in regards to the direction that this team is heading in. And I know there's a lot of hate out there. There's a lot of uh, distaste for, for Kobe Altman and therefore, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff. I just don't understand it. Yes, there have been hiccups along the way. We know what happened with Kevin Porter Jr. We know what happens, uh, you know, with handing love the massive extension that has really been a hindrance there. And there are other hiccups, you know, but I think for the most part, the guy has done a pretty good job, you know, selecting Colin Sexton eighth overall, getting Darius Garland, who people are considering like a top 15 point guard in the league. And he's getting praise from guys like Steph Curry. That's big time. Getting a perimeter defender uh, in Isaac Okoro, a guy who we think of that could develop into one of the better two-way players in the league. Um, drafting Evan Mobley, getting into that, you know, possibly being the uh, the power forward or center of the future. Resigning Jared Allen. These are all great things. So I, I really don't understand the mindset of wanting to get rid of the guy. I mean, you got to at least give him one more year to see if the fruits of his labor will pay off. It's just, to me, it's asinine to to have the mindset just to get rid of him. Because, I mean, even in Philadelphia, when they went through the trust the process era, uh, era with Sam Hinkie and he got all these pieces together and all these draft, uh, draft picks, and did they translate immediately? No, but it all started to come together. And although Ben Simmons could be on his way out, the team managed to – re-enter relevancy within a quicker period of time than a lot of people would like to think. They didn't have an overnight and no rebuild really does. And the same will be true for the Cavs. Playing in such a small market, being unable to attract key free agent pieces, you have to build through the draft. And so you have, when you build through the draft, what do you have to do? You have to give that draft pick time to develop. You have to give each one of these guys time to develop and you have to therefore give them time to gel. So I think that is what's going to happen this season. I have high hopes. I think the team can finish in play in range, um, you know, and I will consider the season successful if they get there, even if they lose the playing game, I'll consider it a success if they make it, you know, that's, that's just kind of, kind of how I feel. And I think if that ends up happening, you have no choice in my opinion, but to give Colin Sexton a new deal. Uh, towards max territory or close to that. Um, a lot of people are saying that a good baseline for him would be the Jalen Brown deal, which I think was what, four years, 115 mil. And that was on, I think, either last year or the season prior. Uh, you look at uh, De'Aaron Fox and Donovan Mitchell's deals, they $163 million each. To me, you do that. I mean, Colin Sexton to me is he may not be getting the recognition, but he's a pretty damn good player and he's a really hard worker. He may not be on the level of Mitchell just yet, but again, you know, part of what you pay 
the next attention out for is not necessarily all the production you've seen, but also what that player could become, right? I mean, you, you're paying a lot of this based upon potential. The Cavs just did that with Jared Allen. And while we have seen a lot of on-court production uh, from him, that uh, that $100 million deal was not entirely based upon the encore production that he's shown just now. It's about potential, about possibly being able to develop a semblance of a perimeter game. It's about becoming a better defender. It's about putting up better numbers. It's about competing with some of the NBA's better big men. And conversely, for Colin Sexton, I think the same things can be said. We've seen the the scoring ability that he's had, but you're you're going to pay him for what he could become as a playmaker. You're going to pay him for him possibly becoming a respectable defender, even at his uh, smallish size at six foot one. You're not paying a guy just for what they've shown, but you're paying them for what they could become. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. just signed what that huge deal worth up to 207 mil. You cannot tell me that what he's shown on the court warrants that just yet. It's about what he could show in the future. It's about what he could become in the future. And the intangibles are there. The potential is there. The team around him is there for him to do well with Jokic uh, and Murray and company. But, you know, I think the same has to be said for Sexton. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, as always, you guys can reach out to me at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, as always. And you guys have a good day. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.